Last week, of course, I completed uh, a series on walking in, in the Spirit and what that meant. And, and really, the next three weeks before I go to Israel, because yes, I'm going to be going to Israel with our group. Uh, borders are opening up. Tourists will be allowed July 1st. So I'm going. Uh, uh, so, uh, but the next few weeks, I kind of want to build on what I've been talking about and uh, use it as an opportunity to talk uh, about how, as a community, God has established expectations to help with order, okay? So I'm not going to speak long, but I want to just uh, take, take a look at the text and uh, use it also to discuss some of our, our documents as a community that help us to be able to, to have leadership and order. And so turn with me to First Thessalonians. Very much appreciated uh, Michael Ferdine's drash. Uh, again, uh, God is continuing to just demonstrate that, uh, you know, that, that he, Mike is gifted to, to be able to speak and explain the word of God by God's spirit. It's just really encouraging when he shares. And uh, so I, some of what I'm going to talk about really it comes right out of what he was talking about. Let's take a look at the text, uh, page 1,133. Page 1,133. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to begin verses 1 through 10. It says, Now concerning the times and seasons, brothers and sisters, you have no need for anything to be written to you, for you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord, and that's in, in, in Hebrew, that's a, a yom hadonai, okay? So that is a specific event. The day of the Lord is that day of judgment promised by God. All right, so the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night. When they are saying shalom and safety, sudden destruction comes upon them, like a woman having birth pains in the womb. But there is no way they will escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in the dark, so that the day, that day, that day of the Lord, might overtake you like a thief. For you all are sons of light and sons of day. We are not of night or of darkness. So then let us not sleep as the others do, but let us remain on the alert and sober-minded. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we are of the day, let us be sober-minded, putting on the breastplate of faithfulness and love and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not destine us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. He died for us so that we, whether we may be awake or asleep, may live together with him. And so I'm going to be, start, uh, stop there. The, the whole point of my sermon is to remind us that the, uh, the biblical text, especially what we've, where we read and we have looked at in the last several weeks in the New Testament scriptures, speaks of the importance of our personal responsi responsibility to encourage one another and to build one another up. Uh, it's fascinating, but this is, this is a strong teaching consistently repeated within the New, the new Covenant text. It's something that Shaul talks about all the time. Uh, that each of us is responsible for the other person. That we all play a role to encourage one another spiritually, and I would say as well, based on some of his writings, to encourage one another in life, to build one another up and to encourage one another so that we are not just who we are now, but that we're moving toward who we should be. You know, uh, you know think back when you were, you know, 10 you know, we all wanted to be firemen or something. I don't know. I never wanted to be a fireman. Too dangerous. Too much fire. But, you know, I always 
had things about myself. And of course, as I got older, I matured. You know, and when you mature, you gain a sober understanding of oneself. You also, you also gain understanding and experience and usefulness in life, right? And you did all of that by yourself, right? Of course not. Hopefully you had good parents that, that taught you. They gave you um, opportunities to, to learn different things. They corrected you. We all benefit in our, just our lives from individuals in our lives who helped us along the way to grow and mature. Uh, Rabbi Matthew has been uh, talking with me about his basement and, uh, you know, and all the work down there. And he specifically has mentioned the uh, Ferdines. You know, and, and I, my greatest fear, of course, is him working with any power tools. And uh, yet he is, you know, according to Mike's dad, you know, uh, Matthew's just picking it up and doing well. You know, I mean, it's, it's very actually encouraging for me. I'm saying this publicly because I've discouraged him so much from doing this. But he is learning, and, and I'm very happy. My, his, his grandfather would be very happy, you know, because he knows how to use power tools too. Me? I'll hire it out any day. I don't want to get near anything remotely sharp. He's becoming more useful because he's growing and maturing. And he's not just doing it on his own. Others are helping him, okay? And that's the way it's supposed to be. Now, here in this text, in the first part, what we read about is the inevitable reality of God's judgment. God is going to judge this world. When that will be, I'm not going to speculate. I became a believer in 1981, and I guess, uh, you know, at that period of time, there was all these speculations. And through the years, more speculations about the coming of Messiah and all these different things. <clears throat> I'm not going to speculate, but I do know one thing for sure. Messiah is coming back. The Yom Adonai, this day of the Lord, is going to happen. And, and Shaul here is really making a, a, um, an important statement to these believers and that is that God is going to judge those who are unredeemed. So those who are not in right relationship with God will be in trouble. They will be judged. But those who are in right relationship with God, whether they be dead or alive, will be redeemed and will spend eternity alive. All right? That's a wonderful promise. You know, again, Mildred passed away a little over a month ago now. And my encouragement for her as she was beginning to pass was that, according to the biblical text, there is life after death, and there is life. Mildred is alive today. Uh, and that's, that's an important encouragement for us. It's not just theoretical. This is reality. All right? The inevitable reality <laughs> is that we're much more than just flesh and blood and in a physical realm. There is a spiritual reality that goes beyond this, not just now, but after, after death. And so ultimately, we will have life, and that life will be actually pretty darn physical because Yeshua is returning, and there's going to be this physical resurrection and all this other stuff. But the big encouragement of, of chapter 5, 1 through 10 is the reality that ultimately God is going to judge sin. He's going to judge those who don't want to be in relationship with him, and he is going to redeem those who do. And that gives us hope for life. So based on that, then, let's take a look at verse 11. Take a look at 11. It says, therefore, encourage one another. Encourage one another with what? This supernatural spiritual truth and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. So in this community in Thessalonica, or in Greek, Thessalonica, which is still around and had a large Jewish community until, unfortunately, the, the Nazis came to town. 
back in the Second World War. Uh, these people were continuing to encourage one another, and they were under persecution. In the midst of persecution for the faith in Messiah Yeshua, these believers, probably many of them Jews, were continuing to reach out and encourage and build up one another because they understood that was God, God's expectation. But also because ultimately, all that matters is what we do for God. And what do we do for God that's most important? We encourage and build one another up. The most important thing we can do for God is to encourage one another and build one another up. And he's commending them for doing that. But then he goes on, take a look at verse 12. It says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to recognize those who work hard among you and are over you in the Lord and correct you, and to esteem them beyond all measure in love because of their work. Keep shalom among yourselves. Here, I think what he's trying to, to challenge them with is that they need to do a better job of recognizing and esteeming their spiritual leaders and mentors. This is a constant problem, always has been, always will be, okay, of recognizing and esteeming those who have a spiritual responsibility. That can be, and we're going to talk about this next week, that can be schemim in a congregation. It can be your parents. It can be your mentors, those who are spiritually encouraging you. You know, the things that I've learned in, in my work, unfortunately, is that often spiritual leadership is hard work and often unappreciated. It's just the reality of it. And I'm not just saying that. My, my peers will say the same thing. It's just part of the work. The other thing that I've, I've noticed about mentorship generally, but also definitely spiritual mentorship, is it is, again, hard work and often frustrating because some mentees won't learn, you know? No matter what you do to pour into the life of an individual, they don't seem to learn. They don't appreciate it. They don't learn. And that's frustrating. It's like if you were a teacher and you taught and taught and taught and taught and taught, nobody learned, ever. You'd probably quit learning. You'd probably quit teaching. I know uh, there was uh, Hannah used to come here. She made Aliyah and lives in Israel now. But uh, when she was teaching in, uh, in Chicago, part of the frustration was the complete lack of interest in learning. Teachers are mentors, really. They're trying to help people to gain understanding, to become more useful in life. There's always retail, but maybe you want to do something else. We had a uh, plumbing issues here. You know, we called it, uh, we, we decided to put off some necessary work. So uh, this last week it became apparent that we've had a leak, an ongoing leak in the kitchen. So I called in the, um, the plumbers. The plumbers came in, and it was great. Uh, this one guy, 25-year-old guy, immigrant from Mexico, really solid character. And tagging along with him was an 18-year-old guy, you know. And the 18-year-old guy is the apprentice. And from my understanding and my communication with the tradesman, is the apprentice's job is to shut up, listen, say nothing, and simply watch and do. That's what he's supposed to do. You imagine how hard it would be for the mentee to learn anything if he's constantly telling the mentor what he should do. But it's so common, you know, so common to think we know. My wife at Starbucks, she had a guy who uh, she had to train, and, and she would explain to him to do something, and he would always answer, well, I know, I know, I know, but he never did it right. He didn't know. It's, it's extremely important to respect those who are spiritually teaching and mentoring you, and that includes correcting you. And when you look around the room, the, the value we have as a community is we're both old and young. 
There's much we can learn from one another. When it comes to relationship with God, it's always great if you can find a way to attach yourself to learn from older believers. If you're older, sometimes you can gain great insight by gaining relationship with those who are younger, even in regarding to faith, okay? But it's really important that there is recognition and esteem for spiritual leaders and mentors. This is, this is an issue, I think, today, unfortunately, all right? But it goes on, and it says in 1 Corinthians, oh, let's take a look now. Uh, take a look at verse 14. He says, we urge you, brothers and sisters, correct the unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one repays evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good for one another and for all. And that, I think, is a common statement. He's simply trying to say in this text that you should all be interacting and encouraging and building up one another. All of us have a responsibility toward the other. We cannot, we cannot allow ourselves to think we have reached some level and that we're satisfied and happy in that level. There should be a constant desire, whether in our, our, our vocational lives, in our personal lives, but certainly in our spiritual lives, to be growing and developing, gaining understanding and maturing. I love Paul as a character as an individual, because he exemplifies humility in regarding what he doesn't know, how much he still has to go, how far he has to go, how much he has to learn in what it means to be in relationship with God. What you know in your 20s in terms of relationship with God is not much, to be quite honest with you. 30s, 40s, you gain perspective by life. Have an attitude. I don't care if you're 20. I don't care if you're 70. Have an attitude which says, I want to gain more and more understanding of what it means to be in relationship with God. I want to spend more time reading God's instruction this year than last year. I want to try and really deal with one area of, of sin in my life that I struggle with and try to gain more victory over it this year than last year. I'd like to develop and see if God can use me in some new way this year than he's ever used me before. There's no retirement for followers of Messiah Yeshua. For those who want to really be in relationship with God, there is no retirement. There's only graduation. There's only going from death to life when God's time for us is done. There is so much more God has for each and every one of us to do because God's desire is that we be ever more deeper in our relationship with God and ever more useful for God and his purposes. It is the responsibility of all believers to spiritually, to spiritually encourage one another toward a stronger faith. It is the responsibility of all believers to spiritually build up one another toward a more useful faith. If your passionate desire is to be in relationship with God, you're also going to naturally desire to be more useful for God in the lives of people. So your personal improvement in your relationship with God should always be the desire of all true believers. Don't get complacent about your level of relationship with God. Don't ever get complacent in your relationship with God, period. Don't ever think, well, I've reached this amazing level. 
I mean, you can be grateful to God that in some way you're, you're, you're moving past some area, you've gained some new insight. I mean, that's wonderful. But don't just become complacent and say, I, I peaked. <laughs> to be quite honest, peaking only occurs when you have full knowledge of who God is because you've died and you're standing in his presence. Second, your personal improvement and your usefulness for God should be the desire of all true believers. Don't get complacent about your level of usefulness for God. You know, I mean, we have a, in our society today, it's getting less and less, actually, because of a need for good workers. But the point is, is that a lot of people, a lot of people just kind of, you know, look to, to a point and, and they, they plateau and they stop. And again, you know, retirement and all that stuff. I mean, it's just not the case for us as followers of Messiah Yeshua. We should never get complacent where we're at in terms of our usefulness. We should desire to be ever more useful for God, allowing ourselves to, to gain new, new abilities or to be able to uh, gain a greater effectiveness in an area of ministry or service or, or encouragement of others. Now, saying all that, uh, one of the things that uh, I've discussed, uh, Reb Barrett and I have discussed, and Zeke has been very helpful, uh, I always have to commend him on his editing ability. Uh, the man will be uh, an incredible editor and scholar beyond what he is now uh, as he continues. But uh, we worked on this uh, evaluating our synagogue commitment levels together. It's on the back of the announcement sheet. And part of this is because I have felt for some time that it, this needs to be updated and to better demonstrate everything I'm talking about right here. Uh, because as a community, part of the what you know, our desire has always been is that we would be a community that truly functions communally. People together encouraging and building one another up. I mean, that's, that's, I think, how it's supposed to function. That's what I see in the book of Acts, which we'll be studying in the fall in our brotherhood. And so this we've used. I, of course, plagiarized it from a, a fellow named Rick Warren, who uh, used it in his Baptist church in California. But, uh, you know, our purpose statement as a community is just very simple. Uh, to grow in our love for God as followers of Messiah Yeshua by our worship and study so that we can then serve and encourage others both in our synagogue and our greater Jewish community. This is based, this is based on the concept that, you know, in order to grow in your relationship with God, you're taking in, you're strengthening yourself spiritually, and then you're giving out. And your, your taking in always has to be a larger uh, percentage than that which you give out. So you should be building a reservoir in terms of your growth, your relationship with God, and then based on the strength of that, you're serving and, and really encouraging other people. And so here in this document, we talk about the different levels of, of uh, you know, different, different uh, I guess, commitment levels, but the first two are very simple. Uh, community being everybody around us, whether they're believers in Messiah Yeshua or not. The crowd are people that come sporadically here to the congregation, who we always treat as guests and, and appreciate their coming. Uh, but congregation is where people come and they desire to, to really come and grow and develop in their relationship with God. You know, and this is the foundational level uh, for membership, even as it says in the doc. But what we did, we spent a lot of time on four to try and better express what we're really hoping develops over time. You know, if you've been coming here to this synagogue... For 10 years, I hope that you have found that your, your spiritual disciplines, you know, kind of the things I talk about in this pamphlet, the seven spiritual habits, okay, which are on the announcement sheet or on the table, I'd encourage you to take one. 
but that you have been growing deeper in your understanding and appreciation of, of spiritual disciplines. These have to do with your personal relationship with God. You're reading the scripture and gaining insight and application from it. All right? Times of prayer where you are literally just spending time just talking with God. That there's a depth in that that there hasn't been before. That that is continuing to develop. That you're finding yourself... Uh, uh, engaged with other people in terms of their assistance in your life regarding your spiritual life, your relationship with God, that you're, you're seeking encouragement for others and you're giving encouragement to others. You know, that's, that's my hope. Uh, I hope that's what you also are thinking about it and reflecting on, even as I'm talking right now. That you go, yeah, that's true. Ten years ago I was like this, but you know, the, I've grown and matured. My relationship with God is stronger. You know, I have a more passionate prayer life. I'm, I, I've, I've read through the whole body of scripture, you know, at least once in the last 10 years. All right, that these are, are, are uh, these spiritual disciplines are obvious in your life. Uh, the other part of this is a commitment to being more active in the synagogue beyond Saturday morning. You know, I mean, uh, again, that's always been my challenge at this community. It was when I became a believer in Yeshua, I was told every time the door opens, be at the congregation. You know, I really believe in the value of that. And beyond that, it's not just being in a building for the sake of being in a building, but being in an environment where you can be challenged and you can grow and you can do the same with other people. You take a coal out of a fire, what happens? The coal goes out. If you take a coal that's going out, you put it in a fire, what happens? It warms up. So it is with us. If you're all by yourself, one, it's not what the scriptures teach. It's, it's, it's against what the scriptures teach. But you're spiritually, you're going cold. It always works that way. As a congregation, too, we always need to be thinking, thinking in terms of raising up leadership. You know, I made it very clear. I, I plan to be stepping out of the position as, as synagogue leader by the time I'm 60. Now, that involves mentoring and training up other leaders. You know, uh, Reb Barrett is, a, is, is, a, is the, the other zakhan here in the congregation. And the reality is, is that, you know, he's not always going to be with us, just like I'm not always going to be with us. Then we have to be thinking in terms of who else is going to have that core commitment level to the community. Because the core commitment level is the leadership level. And, and that doesn't just mean that, that you've got uh, good organizational skills. That means you're an obvious, spiritually committed individual within this community. That is something that takes time, but something that, that is desired, as we're going to take a look at when we, when we talk about it next week, is the desire to be useful for God in a way that allows you to be used of God in a leadership role within community. You know? And as I said earlier, that's not necessarily an easy thing. It's hard. But, but it's, it's a role that God really puts out there for people to desire to be in. Not for their own aggrandizement, it's so that they can be useful for God in making a difference in building up and encouraging others. I want to read the, uh, the last part of, of the text as I close my text. Uh, again, uh, second, uh, sorry, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. These are, these are hard statements when you read them. 
But this is Shaul following up after these encouragements and these uh, challenges. But then he goes on and he says to this community of believers who are already, as it says in verse 11, encouraging one another and building one another up. He goes on and he says, rejoice always. Pray constantly. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Messiah Yeshua. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic messages, but test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Keep away from every kind of evil. And then he says, may the God of Shalom himself make you completely holy. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept complete, blameless at the coming of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. Faithful is the one who calls you, and he will make it happen. You may look at yourself and you may say, ah, I'm not, what am I? <laughs> well, that's where I would have been probably 35 years ago, 40 years ago now. God has an interest in seeing you and I be encouraged and built up in our relationship with him and our usefulness for him. God takes characters like Peter, Kepha, and he changes the world with them. And, and Timothy... You know, is another character who Paul is encouraged because he's, he's struggling a little bit. Takes Moses who says, I can't even talk. And he uses him to bring our people out of Egypt. God desires to be in relationship with you and God desires that you be useful for him for his purposes. I encourage you with those words today that you again might be encouraged and build up for the Lord our God and our Messiah. Let's close in a word of prayer. God, we thank you so much for the truth of your word and the challenge of it. God, as we walk sensitive to your spirits leading in our lives, I pray that you would work through us to encourage one another, to build one another up, but also, God, for ourselves to be prepared, useful for your purposes within this community. I pray, God, that uh, we would be known as a community that, just like the Thessalonians, God, is encouraging and building one another up, that people would come in and see these things and be encouraged themselves. God, may you be glorified in and through us, both individually and corporately. We pray all this in Yeshua's name.